Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. All right, welcome back, Wild Black. Welcome back, welcome back. Um, this is your boy, Art. What's good, Wild Black? You got Vince with you again. Another time, another place. We are back with a great guest. We are back with some great content. Um, and before we get it kicked off, you know how we do it. We just want to handle a little bit of business real quick. Make sure that you are communicating and you're letting everybody know um, about our podcast and letting them know what we got, what content we got. Um, keep the feedback coming. We love when we hear um, your dialogue around um, Instagram, Facebook, and also Twitter. Uh, and along with that, if you ever need to just reach out to us and contact us via email, hit us up. All of our contact information is uh, in the description. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in to another dope Wild Black episode. Check out DRS Studios. They do all the recording for us. Hit them up at drsatl.com. Hey, listeners, we, today we're talking about politics, specifically uh, being black and being Republican at the same time. So we're going to have a conversation that, one, I think really needs to happen. Two, one that might not happen nearly enough. I know growing up for me, when politics came up, people kept their party affiliation to themselves. Maybe it's a function of the people I was with, but people didn't love to share whether they voted Democratic or Republican. As a matter of fact, in my own household, my parents didn't often tell me who they voted for. They wanted me to make my own decisions. So we wanted to have this conversation because what we see happening in the community in which we all are needed to take care of each other and to better our position, that oftentimes we have bickering between whether you are Republican or Democratic. We have a lot of preconceived notions and whether they are right, wrong, whether you feel positive about Republicans or positive about Democrats. We want to have a conversation today and speak truth to some of these issues that are going on out there. Now, today's guest is Ms. Takosha Swan. And I want to take just a few moments and read to you a little bit about her. So, Dakosha has a master's degree in business administration and a bachelor's of science in business management. She also has completed one year of law school and is the owner of Swan Immigrant Help and Data Entry, Business Women Consulting, and Voice of Swan, where she sings the national anthem for patriotic events. And she recently ran for House of Representatives in the state of Georgia. In addition, she's a wife, a mother, and a veteran. And lastly, she loves to help others turn their hopes of freedom into reality. So, Wild Black wants to welcome Takosha Swan to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleased to have you here. 
Go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I am from Ohio. I have been in Georgia since I was 19. So I've been here my whole adult life. So um, this is my second home. I've actually been here almost as long as Ohio. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know. So this might be your first home. Yeah. Now. I was just like, that's getting ready to change. Um you call yourself a long time Georgian at this point. You're good. Yeah, I'm a Georgian. You're not a transplant like everybody else the same way. <laughs> um, so I, I came here by way of the military. Um, I went into the army. I went to Kuwait. I went to Iraq um, in 2003 during the the war. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the the in the first uh, shipment of soldiers that went over there. I was in that shipment. So we already know you're tougher than me, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm scared to death of war. I'm scared. Let's go tell you right now. So my weapon was a 203. So I was. See, I, was I don't even know what around. that is. That's a math number to me. <laughs> what is a 203? It's a grenade launcher. Oh, so negative. So, so I had a grenade launcher okay, and an okay. M16 on mm. my back. Um, and uh, like you mentioned, I'm I'm a mother. I have three children: 14 year old, a uh, two year old, and four year old. Cool. So uh, two year old um, is something, huh? <sighs> yes. That's Eden. She is. She is a lot. <laughs> She's a handful. Um, and my husband, Kenneth, he's been in the military for um, over 21 years now. That's We met in uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, and so uh, we've been together for quite some time. Quite some time now. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. What, what else to it's share? It's all good. We just so want the people just to get to know bit. you a little bit. Just a little bit. Cool. That's, that's mm-hmm. great. So... What we love to do is our wild black isht. We're going to, and listeners, you know what it's normally called, but today we have a guest who doesn't curse. And like you've heard us do before, out of respect, we're not going to be cursing on today's episode. So you won't hear the normal from us. But it's, again, we want our guests to be comfortable when they come through the door. So is this about if I'm black enough or what, what, is this, these, what are these questions about? <laughs> Oh, you you watch you you you, you, go, you, you be right in there. You I don't know. Right, we we go we gonna see. You got it. We gonna yeah. see. Like you gonna hear him. It's gonna be like, do we do we take her black card? <laughs> Why he might knock on the door. This interview's over. Right. <laughs> cool. So you know what? We'll, we we will jump right in. So we usually we do three questions. Uh, the first one is kind of funny, then the last one is our signature question. The last one is the one where we ask you. I'm not even gonna ask you yet. We'll okay. get you with the first two two funny ones. You 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 already know where it's going. I think. Uh, first question: What is the best kid in play movie? What was it called? House something. <laughs> house party. House party's one. Mm-hmm. House party. That's one of them. And then it's house party two, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the first one. I think isn't the first one when everybody was uh that when uh, Martin was in it and yeah. every time he said something everybody was just kind of waving like why does your breath smell like that? Isn't <laughs> That's that the one. <laughs> That's it. Yep. What's his name? Yep. What's his name? What was his name in that movie? I think I it was Bilal. Know. I can't like that. It was something where he had to breathe. It seemed like. <laughs> That's the one. He was the DJ. He was like, yeah. Yeah, he was the DJ. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. What's your favorite one? Man, the first one is always the favorite one. Kid play. I mean, the first, the first house party is right. classic. It's an epic. Right. You you can't you, you ain't gonna get get uh, <laughs> you ain't gonna get that dope for the that one. Nah, yeah. Which I like, one you got? I like I like the first house party, but 
I also liked Class Act. That was that was Class that was one of the offshoots. My favorite one was, I think it may have been number three, whichever one was the pajama jammy jam. Where they had white boy Jamal who was oh, rapping. Oh, yeah, I remember that. They did the joint Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody. We just yeah. dancing, y'all. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. was that? I thought... That may have been the second one, though. Was was, I know it one? wasn't the first one. It was the second or the third. Because because Kid, one of them was going second. off to college. Yeah, Kid was going to college. Mm-hmm. And Play was like, we're going to make this money. Jamal yeah, yeah, was yeah, the yeah. white uh, oh, roommate. Yeah. Y'all going to have to get us right on which version that was. Or which which one, two, one, two or three. I'm going to go to the crib and watch that tonight. Yeah, I remember that, man. Ain't going to hurt nobody. Out here on the floor. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, second question. Name three things most commonly found in country crock containers in black homes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't laugh. <laughs> Y'all can, her husband had to look like, I got this one. I got this one. I got all three. <laughs> okay. Sugar. Okay. Sugar. Yep. You can throw some Well, ones. you know. He's like, nah, I'm going to let her work it out. supposed to be butter in there. Um, mm-hmm. or margarine, whatever it is. That's not even real butter. Country crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I have catfish oil. <gasps> oh, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'm on high holding that catfish oil. But y'all yeah. cannot make me laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, yeah. Whatever was in the pot that it gets poured in there. Whatever, whatever oil. <laughs> whatever, whatever oil. <laughs> that bacon oil bacon, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bacon grease, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bacon grease made some of the best uh, everything. Matt, scrambled <laughs> eggs the Man, next morning. The mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's two. You, we cook bacon in bacon grease. What is that? <laughs> we need what, this bacon a little more bacony. What you think? Art, what, 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 what you think is, is missing? Let me see. Mm. Everybody losing their black card today. <laughs> No, what them the two Why he shut it down? I mean, sugar and oil. You ain't put no salt and pepper in there. It's it's usually sugar. Sugar sugar. sugar oil, I think, are the biggest ones. Yeah. Oh, flour. Flour. There you go. Flour is also in there. Or flour in there. Or anything we try to store. Because the country crock container was black folks' first Tupperware. Like, that's (laughs) that's how we use (laughs) it. Ooh. He said that's came, so prolific. It came with a top. It came with a top. That's right. And it popped on. <laughs> right. It was secure. Yeah. <laughs> flour. We ain't do flour too much. We, I can see flour. I we can see flour. flour. Like the bougie household, you have tea in it. Right? Some tea. The Lipton tea bags. When you want to be fancy, you put the Lipton tea bags in the joint. <laughs> oh, no. I ain't seen that one. <laughs> you might throw the condiments, you know, the extra soy sauce packages, the ketchup packages, throw them in there. Okay. Okay, yeah. There was the big bowl for cereal when daddy wanted that big Not bowl of cereal. Bo- yeah, oh. It was a bowl. It was yeah. a bowl. It did transform to a bowl. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. It was a bowl. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is, yeah, yo, your card is secure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got more than three. <laughs> we can line yeah, them up. Yeah, cereal bowl, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's but you got you got to use that with the, with the big spoon, spoon. The, not yeah. the not the, old, the serving yep. spoon. Yep. You, you, <laughs> that's, that's you. That's my husband. That's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you're getting it in. That's right. All right. And it, got, it better be Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch or something like that. <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, you put a whole box in one of them bowls though. You good to go? <laughs> it's a bowl now. All right. Third question. Um, and this is our signature question at Wild Black. What do you love most about life while black? I said this one time uh, recently that I thought about. Um, I want to say two things. 
I was doing an interview um, with a young lady. She was um, doing a magazine, I believe. And um, she was asking me about um, being a black woman and um, being an entrepreneur. And um, she was asking me about, you know, do you feel like it's a struggle? And I was like... Black women get like, I mean, it's like a double minority. We get all the certifications. Um, you know, like if you want government contracting, for example, there's like um, a certification for um, if you're a woman. There's certification if you're black. Um, there's certification if you're, you know, a veteran or, or just different things like that. And it's like a black woman meets so many certifications to be successful. That um, that's one of the thing, one of the things, just like in this world, how the how this world is, and how things are set up, or even in this this country, um, it's a good place to to be in because, for example, with government government contracting, um, no one it it sets you apart from everyone else. So if there's a black woman and a white man, she has way more opportunities to get a contract with the government than a white man. Um, so, you know, when I was just thinking about, you know, being black, you get a lot of benefits, um, especially as an entrepreneur, if you really do the research. Right. Um, and one time I was telling my husband, I said, you know what? Being black is like kind of just like being famous because I'm just like, I could, if, if, if I walk into a room and it's just like a lot of white people and I'm in there, it's like, Everybody wow, who was that? You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's you know Who's what I'm saying? Like woman? you stick out, you yeah, know, that's true. a lot. And so, um, being black to me is beneficial, actually, in this world because the way that um, things are set up. I think it's a real cool perspective. The angle you took is there's more opportunities for black women from an entrepreneurship standpoint mm-hmm. in in the the country, which is a very interesting take. Yeah, well, I know I know you know like white men specifically especially when it comes down to the government contracts who bring in black female partners to take advantage of some of the opportunities mm-hmm. you just mentioned. Like, I know I know that's a practice that happens, so it makes a lot of sense. And a lot of times you have to. Like, there is money set aside right. every only year spent there. just for minorities. Like, yeah. a white man can't even um, try to get that contract. He can't even apply. While black listeners, go out there and do your research. See what money's on the table that you're not getting that you should be getting your hands on right now. Maybe there's something waiting on you. Mm-hmm. As an yes. entrepreneur. Yeah. Cool. You want to go through the dope quote, brother? All right. Dope quote. We won't organize any black man to be a Democrat or a Republican because both of them have sold us out. Both parties have sold us out. Both parties are racist. And the Democratic Party is more racist than the Republican Party. Malcolm X. I wonder what year that was. This was in um, early 60s. Mm. Yeah, early 60s. I, I didn't write the year down, but it was early 60s. What did you think when you heard that quote? What are your thoughts on it? It's interesting that, you know, when you hear a quote from, you know, so long ago, how um, it applies to today. I don't think that things change that often. When I hear quotes, I mean, when I when I hear quotes that, you know, people like Martin Luther King mm-hmm. um, and Malcolm X, quotes that they made like way back in the 60s. Right. And then I look at this country today, I look at the world today, I'm like... You see how they relate highly still. I mean, they could still say that same quote today yeah. and it'd be... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. 
In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Relevant. Really? That's that's interesting. So you think you think that that quote is true? M- meaning, in that today's time, the thought process that the Democratic Party is more racist than the Republican Party. It's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's relevant. Um, when I ran for office, a lot of things came to light for me. Right. And so, you know, running as a Republican, but being in an area where a lot of the voters were Democrats, Mm -hmm. I was able to see both sides all the time. I was able to see that a lot of people uh, who are like in office, running for office, different things like that, leadership positions, are not really out there for the people. From what he's saying, as far as racist or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to be racist. It could be more like greed. Mm. Like a person is just really out there just focusing on themselves. It could be a, a, a black Democrat, for example, that doesn't really care about the Democrats or the black people or whatever. It's just about their position, maintaining their their status and, and doing the things that... Uh, that they would like to do for themselves and their family. Right. And so um, that right there, I mean, someone could look at them and and maybe put that word and say, you know, they're more racist than, you know, the Republican Party based on what, the, because they're not helping us either. I've just seen a lot of focus on self. Right. Yeah. Instead of the people. And is that in the political landscape in total or specifically in the Democratic Total. Total. Okay. Yeah. I'll say my thoughts on it is like when I found this quote, the reason I use it was because, well, two reasons. One, I wholeheartedly agreed with it, especially the upfront piece. Two, I was almost surprised to see Malcolm X talk about the Democratic Party being more racist than the Republican Party. That, that, that position surprised me a little bit. Um, but then when I began to think about myself, I don't know who's more racist, the Democratic or the Republican Party, because... In my opinion, and this may be unpopular, like policies are not racist. People who make policies are. And they make policies that benefit them. So the people who create the policy are the racist. The policy is just a series of words. And when I begin to think about Democratic and Republican from a black perspective, I begin to think about, I don't, I honestly don't think either one really cares all that much about the black population. Because, and this this is again my opinion, because I think Democrats feel like they're in a position where they have the black vote secured if black people are going to vote. And I also believe that Republicans are in a position today where they don't fight that hard for the black vote. So now you've got two parties, one who thinks they've got us in their pocket and one who think we might never be in their pocket again. But that puts us in a position where no one's fighting for us. And I almost look at it like... I think about a company, right? Companies spend, I worked in marketing for years. Companies spend their marketing dollars not on the people who buy their products, but on the people they want to convert from another product. 
You don't have to spend a lot of money to make someone buy you if they already buy you. You spend money to make people who don't buy you try you. And that's where I think we are from a political standpoint. When, when I look at party lines, I just, I honestly don't feel like either party truly cares that much about black and brown people because neither party has to. There's no real reward. Democrats aren't getting more black people to vote for them, and really neither are Republicans. It's been roughly 6% since, um, what's his name? I just went blank. It'll come to me. So when I, when I start thinking about who's more racist, at the end of the day, I think the American system is built on racism. And the American system allows racism to thrive. Therefore, since the American system birthed both the Democrats and the Republicans, then they are both parties of racist. Because it's not necessarily Republicans or Democrats who are calling me nigger in the street. It's not Republicans or Democrats who are killing black children in the street. It's not Republicans or Democrats who are doing any of the things that are happening. It's people. But I'm off my soapbox. I'll shut up for a second. Because <laughs> so, my voice is going out again. <laughs> when you say racist, like, what's your definition? Of racism? Mm-hmm. Good question. I think, there, I think people often misconstrue what racism is. I think that in this country we deal with prejudice, bias, and racism. And racism is when you have the collective power to impact a segment of the population. right? And that's where the people who can write policy and impact large group of us can be racist. What we deal with on a day-to-day basis, being called a nigger, I don't think that's racist. I think that's bigoted or biased. I think that's a personal decision of someone who doesn't necessarily have power over my life, but who feels like they have authority and they want to look down and speak down to me. So I think the word racism gets thrown around a lot more than it really should. I honestly think that half the things we see happening right now are not racism, but they are born from a racist society that allows bigotry and prejudice to exist and thrive. Does that make sense? So you see racism as something um, organizational? Yes. Systematic. Mm-hmm. Organizational. Yes. Great yeah. word. Institutional. So in the time that Malcolm X actually wrote that in the 60s, it was probably, I think, early 60s. Yeah. Um, I think it was a very different dynamic in the political system. Mm. So the Agreed. Republican Party was, you would see um, a narrative that is far more uh, inclusive of a African-American or people of color population. Yes. And right. so the Democratic um, narrative there was not so much. So in that context of where he was probably speaking, and it was a good point to bring up, hey, when when was it? I think he was right. I think the narrative today, when we look at like the leaders within the Republican Party and we look at, at the policies of some um, other Republicans that are in power in some spaces, um, that has switched dramatically, right? So you would you would think if you're listening to what's happening in and if you if you turn over to Fox News, right, and you turn over to CNN, you're going to see a, a pretty heavily slanted oh absolutely view of of on the Republican side, right? I would say racism in the in the context of a, a more negative narrative catered to people of color. Right, across the board. I, I, so my perspective is, I think in the time that he wrote that, he was thinking that, he was absolutely right on target. Yeah. I think if he wrote it today, it would be flipped. When I decided to run, I did heavy research on both parties because uh, I did not focus on the parties. Like I was saying, I was in the military. We don't focus. Nobody talks. I don't even remember anybody talking about Democratic or Republican Party at any time while I was in. The military. It was just like, okay, the president is the commander in chief. Nobody cared if he was a Republican or a Democrat. Whatever he says, 
we're going to get some orders, some papers, and we're going to do what's on the paper. Mm. And we're going to work together to make sure it happens. Gotcha. That's it. You think that happens today? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, the military is a whole different world. Then that's why it's, you know, civilian. You got your civilian world. Right. And then you have the military. Okay. That's two different worlds. And that's why a lot of times veterans have to have a hard time adapting because it is mm. not the same. I had to go into research mode when I decided to to run. I decided to run because as I was learning things from coming out of the military and started to learn more about the, the civilian world, started to learn more about um, about government, which a lot of it was me just, I was studying the Bible. And I started learning more about government by reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that took me to a whole nother level. When I started to study the, the parties, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, uh, how they were formed, why. And I saw that, you know, the Democratic Party was first. Almost um, like a half a century mm-hmm. before the Republican Party came along. So the Democratic Party was just, you know, slave owners, pretty much. It was mm-hmm. the slave owners. And when it came time for, you know, when, when things were looking like, okay, it's time to let black people go. Like it's, it's when, when the, everything was turning towards that and they started to have these conversations and the Democrats you know, this is this was the only party. There was no other party. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you know, we're getting ready. To, we got some deals going on with some new farms. No, we can't let them go. That's our money. When I seen that part, mm-hmm. it gave me a different perspective as well when it comes to, you know, racism and things like that. Um, the color of the skin. To me, it was like, wow. So they were depending on black people as money. So that was free labor. Then fast forward, when I think about their um, great-grandchildren and their grandchildren and how they, you know, despise black people, it's like I had this story in my head like, man, they were probably, you know, sitting around telling their uh, kids and their grandkids why they're not wealthy anymore because black people were free. And the way that they were and the people and so they blame black people for them losing their their fortune and the way that their uh, children and grandchildren and great grandchildren were able to identify who did that was by the color of our skin. And so to me, that's how that came along. It was like more of an identification. Oh, that's that's who grandpa was talking about Mm. when they see a black person. Um, and so to me, that's the whole color thing. Um, that was one of the things that's one of the things that just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, hit me with the whole thing of, of them identifying who, st- who who caused us to, to be unwealthy, who took our fortune, who took our, our money away because they wanted to be free. So, mm-hmm. you know, not that it makes sense, but I'm just saying. That I was, I always try to put myself in the, in everybody's shoes, right. just to just to see, okay, what were, what were they thinking, you know, why why would they look at a person just because they're um, darker and have an issue with them, and I could see a grandchild they grew up listening to that great grandchild looking at a black person and hearing that story, and looking at them and like despising them, thinking, okay, they're the reason why we're poor. Um, and then, you know, the Civil War. 
So um, during that time, that's when the Republican Party was formed. And it was a couple white guys, of course, that, you know, and then black people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so then when I see that, okay, so this is, this is the foundation of the Democratic Party, um, white slave owners. And the foundation of the um, Republican Party was uh, the anti-slavery party. So these were the. This was the party that was fighting to um, uh, free black people to give them an opportunity to live just like everybody else. Um, so when I saw the definitions and the foundations and um, what the Democratic Party wanted, what the Republican Party um, was formed for. At that point, I said, and then I started looking at, then I brought myself to today. And I started looking at the different programs. I looked at when black people switched over. And then, so I was seeing, you know, New Deal, Mm -hmm. um, Social Security programs, and all those programs came out. And next thing you know, black people are Democrats. Mm -hmm. But the the, uh, white Democratic president, he was still president. He was still that same Democrat. Mm-hmm. There was no change on that level. We switched over to, it was to me, it was just like a picture of just switching right back over into slavery. Like these were the people who um, fought you in the Civil War. Then they come out with some programs. And so now we just go back to them. And so when I was looking at the two parties, when I had to make my decision on running and I started looking at the programs and the different things and I said, I just cannot support these programs that are that the Democratic Party that they that they put out. I don't see it as as beneficial for black people when it comes to the programs on a temporary basis. Yeah. People have fallen on hard times. You need assistance. We pay taxes. It's for us. Yeah. Go get your help. Help meaning like social security? Like, if, like or um, not social security. Welfare. Okay. Welfare. Welfare. Yeah. Okay. Welfare. Welfare. So social security anyway. is a social program too, but. Yeah. But um, to me, social security is, is, is different because of, you know, it's for older people and they've, uh, many of them have, they're disabled now, yeah. you know, they're at the end of their life. I think we should take care of old people, honestly. I don't have a problem with that. But young people or, you know, teenagers and, you know, very young women who think that we should take care of them because they had a, a baby and then a, a few more. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. You're healthy. Yeah. If you're healthy, you can go out there and get a job. An old person... They need help. Older people, they need help. But if you're young and vibrant, you're healthy if you're having children. <laughs> you're good and healthy if you're having children. So with that, um, I don't agree with the programs because I think that the way that they are set up, then to me, they're not set up in the in a way that would actually benefit um, the black community specifically. Specifically welfare. Welfare, not, not with security. welfare being, welfare mainly, welfare more than Social Security, right, I, I would right. say. Welfare, welfare more than Social Security. <clears throat> um, how would you change it? Welfare? Right. How, how would you change it to actually support black people better? It would definitely be temporary. So it would come 
that program, there would just be a deadline. And it was like right now it's set up to where there's loopholes in there where they can start over. They can, you know, quit the job and stay on welfare assistance and keep getting, you know, the assistance from the government. Um, because I know that it's set up to, you know, once they start to work and make a certain income, mm. the benefits start to go away. But if they quit their job, they can keep it. Gotcha. And so I wouldn't allow those loopholes. Like, you got a certain amount of time. So to coach this one, if, okay, you made a mistake, whatever, you had a child, you need some help, fine. You got two years. If, you, if your name comes up again after two years, no. I gave you two years to get yourself together. <clears throat> That's it. And it's universal. This is not just for African-Americans specifically. Yeah. This is for anyone within the welfare system. This is which... universal because there's more, more white women on, yeah, uh, yeah, on assistance than black women. Right. But, you know. Do you think the game is fair for, for like, in comparison to an African-American woman versus a, a, a Caucasian woman as it relates to just the, 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 the playing field being level? What do you mean? So in, in the instance of, um, you said after two years, right? That That... To me, that says, okay, we're going to level the playing field and we're going to say the government is going to offer some assistance to this particular person, right? Now, to me, that kind of identifies it as, okay, the level, the playing field is level. So the same level of opportunity that this white woman has, this black woman has, so that should apply. Yes. Okay, so you think that level, that playing field is level between African Americans and Caucasians or people of non-color. Okay, let me make sure. So you're asking me, do I think that um, that uh, white white females and black females, that they both get this, the same benefits? Is that what you're asking me? So is, is what you're saying, after you've been on the program for these two years and you are ejected from the program, is the world society or the situation you are injected to then fair for both people? The white woman who was on the program for two years and the black woman who was on the program for two years. Whereas if it's fair, they can both come out and run as opposed to walk and or crawl. Is that, is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think it's fair. I think that um, a black woman can do, can be just as successful as a, a white woman. And we are. So that's not something that, I mean, that's proven. So it's not something that we have to like guess or anything like that. That's reality. So, you know, if that black woman can do it, then that black woman can do it. So do, um, if a person came from a different environment, may they have to, uh, will they have to fight a little bit more mentally to get their self in that place? Yeah, you got two years, get yourself together. Go out there and get the help that you specifically need mm -hmm. so that at the end of the two years, you can be successful. You can be where you, will, where you want to be. I think it's like I, I agree with half of that. And I think that the place I disagree is I think that one, black women are amazing and, and they have created so many opportunities. So I, I agree with the black women can can I was about to curse, but <laughs> so, can so, achieve greatness. Right, right. That's that's the other one. I believe yeah. that black women can achieve greatness. And, and I they're think, already great. Right. And I think in that two year period, like self reflection and self work to develop your self worth is important and critical. Part where I differ is at the ejection period of that two-year time frame when they are then injected back into society. At that point, it's not necessarily any longer about them or what they can do, but more so about 
the perception of the people who they need to stand next to in order to create those opportunities. So if you take that two-year period and you take those two women who are both ejected from the system and now they're both going out to look for that job or those opportunities or college or whatever the case may be, if the person making the decision as to if they get this benefit that they're looking for, if they are accepted to this college or if they get that job, now that person's perceptions begin to play a significant role in how far these two people go. And it takes me back to research around things like black names on a resume get treated very different than do white names on a resume. So therefore the playing field isn't level. Or when you're sitting down for an interview, the preconceived notions that whoever interviewing you may have about a black woman versus a white woman who has been using WIC recently, right? Those assumptions that most of the country still doesn't really recognize that white women are the largest benefit, benefactors of the welfare system. And I, I think that injection point, that ejection point two years, I think it creates an opportunity to self-better. But I, I worry that when you are ejected from the system with the promise of no more benefits, if the system were more fair, I'd be a bigger supporter. I just don't believe that when the moment you leave that program, that all things are equal. I think that the systematic and institutional racism that we've talked about, that the country was built, founded, and embraced is significantly too deep for that playing field to be level from that moment of inject of ejection. I do think things are, I can't say, I don't think things are necessarily getting better. I think we're talking about them more. My bigger issue is, I think it's extremely tough. And like, I'm sympathetic to the government in this, in this position because I think it's an extremely tough to build a program that really works because when you build programs like that, you're basically building one size fits all. And everyone knows one size fits all never works. It can't work. Right. right. So then how do you do that with government programs? And so then if, uh, therefore I understand the, the people injecting the thought, well, why do we have government programs? It's, it's a convoluted and complicated thing. And like, I don't have the answers, but yeah, it's, it's tough as hell. Well, yeah. um, well then that's where we come in and mm-hmm. our own responsibility. Right. So, the government can't do everything. True. Um, and they shouldn't because we have a responsibility as well. True. So we should not be putting 100% of our lives on the government. True. No. So the part that they, so, okay, thank you, government. You gave me two years. Right. Thank you for that. Okay, let me let me do my part. Now I have to do my part. So uh, reality is very important. <clears throat> Um, you talked about the names, mm-hmm. you know, you know, looking at a resume and see the black name and the, and the white name. Yeah, those things happen. Right. So with that and with, you know, me looking at reality, Takosha, I mean, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you know, your, your I, name is black. Yeah, <laughs> I have to look at, you know, look at reality here. Right. We just so, had a Latoya on who said she had to drop the love just to get responsible. You, you yeah. get you're there. That's common. That's a, that's a <laughs> so, so, but look what Latoya did. Mm-hmm. She got. She dropped the love. So, so Latoya looked at reality, mm-hmm. and she said, "Okay, let me. I, I got to change something here." So she took some responsibility on her part. The mm-hmm. government didn't change her name. She did mm-hmm. because she faced reality. So reality is what it is. Right. So if if, the, if reality is if that's what it is, then yes. Do I need to prepare myself um, on a different level? Than a white woman, if that's reality. Absolutely. Yes. And there's nothing, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. With me having to prepare myself the way I have to prepare myself. And then she doing what, what, she, what she needs to do. 
let me do what I need to do. Let me let me you, you take care of myself. You, right. you think that? So I don't think she should have to do that. Right, I'm, I'm with you. I think I, I don't here, think that. But, I mean, I understand the reality. I understand of the situation, that, but right? it doesn't. But what you why think? Why does she have to do that? Because because that's the way the world is right now, and and. Us thinking that yeah, well, right. it shouldn't be this way and it couldn't. That's fine, and we can have those conversations. But our yeah. opinions and that it really doesn't matter. What matters is reality. Yeah, and what's I think going this is on a because factor. if if you think that the playing field is level when they both come out, well, it's not. Then, well, then she shouldn't have to change anything. But you're also talking about reality where you have to change something. So I, I get both. It's not responsibility. Right. I just look it's at not level. Yeah. What you it's, do it's have responsibility. To. But right. we know as black people, when the cops pull us over, my hands are present. And I know my white coworkers don't have to do that. Yeah, they talk. It's unfair, crazy, right? but I have like, to do that, yeah. and, I, and I recognize it. To your point, that is reality. I don't want to get shot, therefore I don't talk back. I show my hands. It's not fair, and it's built on a system that isn't fair. But I recognize I have to do it to survive. So white guys don't get shot. They do, but not nearly at the same rate as us. Oh, easy. I mean, that's a, that's like incarceration, too. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more likely that I go outside and get stopped than a random white person gets stopped. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's clear. I mean, but I, I just wanted to kind of play with the thought process that there's an, there's an equal playing field when there's not. Like, there's, there's, there's no way that it could be, right? When the system is built, like, the story around, you know, a, a, a white kid is is with his maybe great grandparent, and they're saying, "Hey, I don't like black people because hey, these are people that that made us poor, right?" I, that's a that's a a real reality, right? Where right. hey, I have bigotry and hatred toward these black people because right. they're the reason. I, like they should have been my slaves. They should be my slaves right now. Yeah, right. And that could be a thought process. Right. Yeah. So, with a foundation of that being prevalent in the United States, or from a historical standpoint. And it can't be equal. I mean, you know, people talk about reparations. They talk about, hey, how do you how do you attempt to make it level? Right. Right. What what does that look like? And how does the government and what responsibility does the government have in attempting to make it level? Because I agree with you. If 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 all things were level, everyone has the same opportunity. Right. But I don't think that everyone has the same opportunity. Right. I don't think things Especially African Americans. Our opportunities are far more limited. In my opinion. I, I think things are not equal. And because of that, we have to face reality and prepare Correct. ourselves to survive and thrive in a world that is not always fair. Right. Which is adapting. Right. Whatever that means. It may change my name or, yeah. But we shouldn't have to do that. But we do. Right. I just, I guess I, I focus just, I focus more on, okay, this is what it is. Right. This is, this is what it is. This is what it looks like. Um... That's not something that I can control. Right. But I can control me. Absolutely. I completely you know? agree with that. Yeah. Because if I focus on... You well, just waste your energy if you focus on things you can't change. It's not equal. It's, it's just like, right. okay, and then at the end of the, end of the day, what happens? Like, right. nothing you, you happens, waste your nothing happens on for that me you can't change. or, you know, or, or anyone. So I focus more on just, okay, my, okay, what's my responsibility for my life? Right. What can I do? For my life, you right. know, to um, bring some equality to my life. Absolutely. Right? Every person um, is responsible for their life. That's, that's right. Yeah. And so the government has a piece in it because we pay taxes. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them. And um, 
And then, but to me, our responsibility, my responsibility for my life, that percentage is way higher. That's not equal either. True. I don't look at that as equal as the, gov- being the government 50, me 50. Right, I agree. No. I agree. No. Um, I really look at it as me 100%. This is my life. I agree. Um, and then, you know, they're somewhere and, you know, they interject here, here and there and different things, you know, going on around me and things like that. But um, I just, I don't look at the government as um, being responsible for my life. I look at me okay. as being responsible for my life. So that piece is not equal right. either. No, I agree. I, I agree completely. I look at my, I tell my children all the time, if you are spinning your wheels and spinning your energy on things you cannot control, then you are wasting energy that you could use on things you can control. And so I completely agree with that premise. I think I think the government's point of involvement should be based on, one, does the government actually want to create a level playing field? Because at this point, I don't even know if they can do it anymore. But if anyone can, it has to come through the government. And it has to. the current programs aren't going to do it. Like we, I think we all agree with that. The current programs don't work as well as they should. Um, but what does? Yeah, you, you, right? yeah, you have, in order to make the system really work for everybody, you have to figure out how to level it. Like there's, there's, there's no way to, to, so it's, it's, it's institutionalized. Like you can't, that's why I think lawmakers, laws, I think that piece can work if the right people are in places to actually, right move the needle there. Like, it needs to be a lot more people that look like us. Right. And But that spots. goes right back to why you ran in the first place, right? Yes. To be, represent, to represent, yeah. to show people that black folks belong in the Republican Party as well and can make a difference there. Right. But then they don't vote for black Republicans. Yeah. I um, Doing my research, I saw that the first, and I, I, don't, I don't think she's the only, and I didn't look far enough, the first black woman in Congress was Mia Love. And mm-hmm. that's only been in the last, what, few years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, that kind of paints a picture of what an uphill battle it is. So I want to I ask a question. Um, actually, two questions to start. Um, it's, it's become, like, in everything that's happening in this country and the way that politics has turned into, like, a true racial divide for a lot of people. All right, how, how do you respond to instantly being assumed negative or the fact that black Republican has now become like a dirty word. How, how do you respond and manage that when you're, when you're judged before you even open your mouth? You hadn't said one, you hadn't said you agree with Trump or you don't, you hadn't talked about your policy, <laughs> but you are all, you already must be the devil in so many people's eyes. Like, how do you manage that? Well, for one thing, um, many times I go back to the foundation mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't, they don't know how the democratic party came and they don't know how the Republican party came about. Right. And so many times I just, I start there. Most of the time when people want to um, have these nasty arguments, they don't even know who their uh, commissioner is or their state representative or, um, you know, the mayor. They operate off the sound like they heard <laughs> they don't on even some know TV program. Who <laughs> anybody governor. is yeah. anyway, you know what I'm saying? So I don't even... You can't put much stock in that. Yeah, I don't even go there. They say something like, oh, who's your state representative? Uh, okay, you know, that, that ends they a lot of... You know, they already don't And care. that ends a lot of conversations yeah. because you don't even know who your state representative yep. is, but you want to talk to a person that's running for state. 
Correct. And you don't know who your state representative yeah. is. So just go look that up. And then you should you be know. like, well, make your next one me. Yeah. That way you'll know my name. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I've actually said that. <laughs> and I've gone before groups and I said, and so can anybody tell me who your state representative is? No. I said, okay, well, just remember Swan. <laughs> and so when you go to the polls, just vote for Swan. You know, and it's like a lot of times, you know, and I had to learn because I would come home and talk to my husband and be like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're yeah. trying to argue with me. They're trying to, you know, look at me with disgust and, yeah. you know, just all of these assumptions. Yeah. Um, without even asking me a question or not even wanting to really have a decent conversation. Yeah. Um, so after a, a couple of those conversations, you know, I just had to come to some conclusions like, you know what? I will not argue with people who don't even know who their state representative is right now. You who don't even know who their, you know, commissioners are. Because I can always tell the people who are really involved and the people right. who are really they're they're not involved because those yeah. people don't have nasty arguments with you. They sit down, they have an intellectual conversation right. with you, and they can tell you their stance on everything. And it's a real conversation. They, they want to make things better. It's a real, it's a right. real conversation, no matter, you know, Democrat, yeah. whatever. Now I think that percentage of the population is by far the minority, though. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, I can most believe. people in the, like, most citizens are in the same camp, don't know who their congressman is or congresswoman is or state representative. And, they and, don't know any, they damn, they almost and, don't even know where they poll in places. And so, and so most citizens right? shouldn't be trying to, shouldn't be trying to argue. Well, they with, don't do with that anyway. About, <laughs> well, it's because they, right. watch, they watch CNN and Fox. Yeah, they, they, watch, they, they get that one news. clip right. and oh, they think I they get, know. I get the phone calls. <laughs> yes, yes. Did you see CNN? Well, I was there, so I didn't have to. I didn't have to watch CNN because I was there. Let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I can see. Well, like, that's frustrating in anything. So it's got to, like, I, I believe, like, all the conversations we've had, I honestly believe you are someone who wants to make this place better. So it's got to be, like, doubly frustrating to know, like, inside of your heart what you want to do. But then what happens just because of your affiliation, like, you can't go do it. Unless we have, like, I was talking to my wife. Unless we have representation on both sides, like, like you're not going to get anywhere. No. <laughs> it's, no. Just, it's not going to happen. And, and, I've, and I've heard, um, you know, um, U.S. representatives of Georgia you know, get on the mic and say, well, I can't do anything right now because we're in a Republican administration. So we're going to have to wait like eight years until I can do something. So okay, that, that, so just keep voting uh, for me. Right. And just, just keep me in there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. You know, and then when we get a Democratic president in there, then maybe I can then do something. Then I'll work for you. <laughs> okay, but then here I come. Okay, so you guys said you can't do anything because there's a Republican administration. I'm a Republican. I'm black. Uh... Yeah. I can help. No, no. We'd rather wait. DeKalb County. We've been here 40 years. I watched them upset, yelling, screaming, right? And then you, and I had some of DeKalb County, South DeKalb County, mm-hmm. in my district that I was running for. And I watched them, and I go to all of these meetings, and I watched them um, <clears throat> upset and crying and all types of things. And then I watched them vote. And the people who they've been crying to, the same type of people, they turn right back around and they go vote for them again. You go vote for them, you don't even know what they look like. You just know what their name looks like. I will say what bothers me when I hear people who say they walk into the the voting booth 
and they vote like the straight ticket. Like that, oh, man, that bothers me. Man, that's that's the, the right. majority. Because I, I identify yeah. as, as Democratic, but I do not always vote Democratic. Like I spend the time in most, like I'm not perfect in most instances. I spend yeah. the time to like dig in a little bit. Because I mean, people ain't investing I'm that kind interested of time in change. Like I don't like yeah. how things are today. Yeah, most people are not. Yeah. Are they, not. You, I mean, it's almost like- It you, would be it, nice. Yeah. You got to be a strong influencer of people, knowing that people don't, they're not finna do no whole bunch of research. They're not finna try to figure out who they. That's why state started, representative like campaigns is. have turned into marketing. It's yeah. not gonna make your exactly. mind. Yeah. That's exactly that's what it is. is. That's yeah. the reality. Like, sure. hey, I just yeah. need to be able to make sure you know who my name, what my mm-hmm. name is, right. and do you remember my name. You might think I support you, so you're gonna vote. Correct. For me. Yeah. No matter if my policies have been, I have, I don't have any black friends. Mm-hmm. Like, nor do I have any interest in helping black people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the reality. No matter if you and they do as you phone. say. If you go up there and you're a candidate that they respect, somehow they got the respect. Somehow, maybe it's because you're the first black doing something. Maybe right. so you got the respect, and you say, and when you go to the voting poll, vote all Democrat. Oh yeah, and they will do. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that. Mm-hmm. That's like you know the 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 Crips ain't gonna recruit no blood. <laughs> right, they ain't gonna do that. They going straight, right? Or you ain't gonna see a a a, a, a democratic only a wild black with a we Republican talk bloods and crips in the middle of a political hey, conversation. Hey, same colors. Hey, red and blue. Right. Same color. Right, right. Same color. Right. You ain't gonna see no you, like. And I would love to see something like this, right? To unit to like to unify the nation. Where hey, it's it may be a democratic president and a Republican vice president. Wouldn't that be nice? What? Man, do you know what would happen to this the boy? Game would would change, right? It would the game would change. It would, it would force you to. It would it, it would it would be more of a forcing function to say that hey, we're actually being more. But it would actually make more sense we, because it would be much more well rounded. Because now you hear two sides all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're having a good conversation here. Yeah. But if everybody around you agrees, what? Right. Yeah, what, how, what change are you really making? Right. You know, and that's why I made it a point to, okay, Republican principles, you know, I agree more with Republican principles, but does that mean I don't want to hear about what, you know, the Democrats deem to be important and what they're doing? No, I want to hear. I want I want to know. I want to hear. I want to know. I want to know why. What What is going on over here? And so, I mean, after I ran for office, I had Democrats calling me, asking me to help them with their campaign. I'm getting ready to roll. You helping my campaign? You know, you didn't forget that I was Republican. <laughs> that speaks a no, lot about no. you, No, You know what? I got messages from Democratic leaders in Georgia. It's like, you know what? We finally seen a Republican that we can respect. I'm not talking about the um, the other Republicans. That has nothing to do with me. It's just that when I ran my campaign, my thing was, okay, I want to walk in integrity. I don't want to bash anybody. Right. I don't want to talk about anybody. Um, I just want to uh, educate them on me. So I just think it's a waste of time for me to walk up there and talk about the person I'm running against. No, I got five minutes. I so agree with that. I got two I minutes. I want to talk about me. <laughs> I got 30 seconds. And right. I'm going to talk about, no, I'm not going to talk about the other person. I'm going to talk about me. That's why I'm that's here. That's what we've been trained to look for. That's, that's, that's why I'm shame. here. And so, and so every time I spoke, that's what I spoke about. I spoke mm. about me. Yeah. You know. And so even though, yes, did I gain the re- did I gain the respect of both parties? Yes. 
But even though that happened, but we still can't vote for you because you're Republican. Correct. And that, that's the We Trump know you call. can help us. We know you have integrity. Yeah. But. You gave all kind of side. I would that We would <laughs> rather. I mean, it is, though, because we, we, everybody <laughs> votes based on party. They don't yeah. vote based on, like, your thought processes. Or like, we are part of the problem. Views. Like, that's just yeah. real. We are I mean, absolutely part of the problem. The citizenship is. Uh, so, you mentioned um, you agree more with, like, Republican principles. Can you share like what that is or, or what aligns with you about the Republican principles? Yeah. Okay, so um, a huge one for me is, you know, less government. It's more of like I've been talking about responsibility, like not putting so much responsibility on the government. Well, the government is supposed to do this. The government is supposed to do. Well, let's talk about what you're supposed to do, because a lot of times when we throw blame out there and this isn't just in anything in your house. When you throw when you throw blame out there, it's really an excuse for you not to do your part. Like because if you just think about it, just even in a small situation, and I've heard people say like in a marriage and a relationship, well, we got to bring some balance. It has to be fifty fifty. There's no balance in a marriage. Like there's some things you're gonna do more of, right. and there's some things she's gonna do more of. There's no balance. You just look and see, okay, this is this is how I am. This is how he is. And this is this, this is what we do. And you know, you just, you know, and then you learn how to uh, maneuver and you learn how to make sure that this household works and that everything gets done. Right. It's not about walking around and saying, Well, I took the trash out today, so it's your turn tomorrow. Okay, what if that person is like, I'm not taking the trash out. That's not their area. That is not their lane. They're not going to take trash out me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that, there's no balance in who takes the trash out of my house. My husband got that 100%. <laughs> there's no balance there. Yeah. But guess what? When it comes to, you know, the kids, you know, I got that. And I love that, you know? And when it comes to... to Taking care of the household financially, my husband, he got that more than me. There's no balance there. He that percentage is way higher on his side. And some of the percentage is way higher yeah. on my side. So with the Republican principles, when it's talking about less, you know, less government and more responsibility on on my side, and stop looking at them for no, this needs to be 50-50. Like you need to be doing this this fifty part, and then and then that, and then I'll do my part. No, do your one hundred percent. If they're helping, great, and they sh- and and they will because we pay taxes, so it's inevitable they're going to do something because they're paying taxes. But take one hundred percent responsibility for you. And so, with the, with the Republican principles, when it focuses focuses less on government, it doesn't look to government for every time something's going on. Look to okay, well, this, the, the the government isn't no. Like, it's like okay. Businesses getting together, like okay, let's go look at some some businesses, some business owners to see what we can do in this community instead of sending a letter to the president. If we all take that approach and we stop worrying about what the government's doing and we go out and we do what we're supposed to do, right? I think that's a great idea. But the flip side is, what is the government's personal responsibility to us? And I'm not saying don't worry about what the government is doing because mm-hmm. I pay taxes. Gotcha. So, but I'm not saying even, that. Even that's not, like, what's the government? If, if, we, if we no longer say, come here and do this, what is their personal responsibility and how is it distributed? You, see, you understand what I'm saying? Their personal responsibility is to do well with our tax money. Mm-hmm. 
That's what their personal <laughs> responsibility is. <laughs> That's what their responsibility is. So with that, you know, in the different communities, because, you know, when people say government, a lot of times people go straight to the White House. The government, you know, that affects us the most right, yeah. is the state government, right. um, your, your, your county government, you know, right. like your taxes that you pay on your house. That's not the president. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's your local, that's your commissioners or your city council and your mayor. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, going to those meetings and making sure that what those people are doing, mm-hmm. they're doing the right things. And so th- that's one of the main things that that someone can do like right now. Right. Like go to your city council meetings. Um, go to your the your uh, commissioners meetings because they have to talk about what's going on. That's what those meetings right. are about. Right. They talk they about, talk, where, they we're talk about what we're doing. What we're spending, <clears throat> what what's happening with it. Mm-hmm. You go in and you sit in on those meetings, right? Because that's your money that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you have an issue with it, then you need to make that known. You need to go up to the mic and make sure that's recorded. Right. Um you need to write a letter. Um, you need to get a group of people together to, okay, I think I need about 20 more people to come to this meeting with right. me. Go back and tell people in your community what's going on. You need to tell them, no, we don't need that. You right. know, like, this is my whole neighborhood right here sitting here. We don't need that. Right. I know you guys have that up on the agenda, but you can scratch that off. This yes. is what we need. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we need to start on that on that very local level. Stop watching CNN and Fox because right. your local government is not on CNN and Fox. It's true. You see? And that's the that those are the governments that are really affecting you and really taking, you know, taking your money. No, those or, those meetings are, are televised locally. You can see they a lot are, of those right there or, or online. And and they're the ones putting up the stops, all the stop signs. And, you know, the things that are affecting you when you step out the door, mm-hmm. that's local government. Right. That's local. That's not Trump. All right, so this is a question. You know this is coming. We have to ask because every listener out there would have a problem if we didn't ask this. Being Republican, how do you feel about Trump? <laughs> well, you know, you knew that was coming. <laughs> of course. Of course that you was coming. You probably can answer this question in your sleep. By mm-hmm. um, well, one thing I, I want people to know is I don't know him. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, we've never met. Um, you know, people need to know need to know that because people look at me and, and when as soon as I say I'm Republican, it's like what? Because right. like, they are like, you agree Republican with must Trump? mean yeah. Trump, right? So I say, are you married? Yeah. So you agree with everything your husband says? That's a good way to put it. But that's the CNN no. and Fox effect. But you know, so it's like okay, so do I agree with some of the things? Yeah, I think every president. I've agreed with something, some things with every president, whether they are a Democrat, a Democratic president or a Republican president. Um, and I've disagreed right. um, whether they were a Democratic president or a Republican president. Right. So Trump is no different from any other president that's out there. You know, there's some things he does I agree with, some things that he does that um, what do you agree I do with? not agree with. Um, so... The wall. Let's talk about the wall for a second because that's just like a very, very huge thing, you know. And that's his thing. Is this like, like his wall is like Obamacare it was for for Obama? It is his thing. That's <laughs> yes, true. that is. It that, is. It is. Like, that's a good that, way to that, put that, that, that too. It is. His wall is Obamacare. Yeah. yeah. So you read earlier that um, uh, consolidate my business, but Swan Immigrant Help and right. Data Entry. 
I learned when I opened up that business, I learned a lot about the immigration process. Right. And, you know, how that works. Because um, I am licensed by the state as a um, immigration um, assistance provider. So can't do what an attorney does, like, you know, go to, to court for them. But I can assist them with their immigration packet to send into the government to get any, whatever type of visa mm-hmm. they are applying for. So on those forms, for example, they have to have a sponsor. And it specifically talks about, okay, in order for you to come over here, you need a sponsor because the government is not going to take care of you. Right. That's the whole purpose of the sponsor, right? So then um, one time it was on the news that Trump said, hey, if an immigrant comes and they apply for a visa and they get, um, they try to reapply for their green card and they get food stamps. He was like, we're we're not um, approving that. And a lot of people had issues with that. But I'm like, but but when you did your your paperwork on there, it said that you had a sponsor. And it also shows you that the government is not going to take care of you. So if now you're going back to apply for that that visa again, they want to know what happened to your sponsor. So we're taking care of you now? So a lot of the tax dollars go not to uh, citizens mm-hmm. of this country, but they go to the immigrants. So we talked about welfare earlier. So a lot of that money that's a, that sh- you know should go to that a female who, okay, she had a baby out of wedlock, like she needs some help. Well, those funds are being taken away from her, who is, she, you know, she's a citizen, and it's going to an immigrant that had a baby here. Healthcare. But the immigrant had a baby here. So the immigrant baby, but they're not a citizen, and and they're not a citizen. And the the president, and the the president's responsibility is to take care of citizens. Citizens, but the baby's a citizen. But the baby's a citizen. So I don't know if we want to adopt. What what do we want to do? Want to if we want a citizen to adopt a baby or 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 what? Because now that's not what's happening, and that's not why the baby's being born. The baby's being born because they know when that baby is born, the government's going to take care of both of them, the mom. And the baby. We know that that's how the system goes. And so... Yeah, that's a level of compassion, I would say, right? Well, the president's job is just to take care of the citizens. So, I mean, we got to... You, you, just like he was talking about policies. Right. Right. You know, policy is policy. There's nothing, you know... It's just, that's the policy. The president swears, okay, I'm going to take care of the citizens. So, we can't get upset with him if he says he's not going to take care of a citizen. That's not his job. His job is not to take care of take care of non-citizens. His job is to take care of American citizens. So if he's saying, okay, listen, I'm gonna put a wall up here because it's too much going on. Um, too much money is 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 going towards them. I'm talking about healthcare. There's a lot of um uh healthcare funds, taxes, billions going to immigrants. People don't know all the money and all the tax dollars and that's, you know, that we're paying. Like we're paying, we're paying yeah, but do we? for them. I feel you, but And I so mean, it's just like, do you want You think the wall is gonna stop that though? Like a wall? No, like no. A, a physical wall. Like if I'm that dedicated, no. you think a wall like a I mean, I don't wall. know, I don't know what exactly what the wall is going to Somebody to know how to look steps. like. I don't know what the wall is gonna what <laughs> well, the wall is gonna look like. And with that, but I think he's trying to, he's he's making a point. Even like the, um, what kind of point I don't, always, I don't always say this word right, but even with the, the uh, opiate crisis, right? right? Mm-hmm. That came when, you know, 
uh, when Obama was in, we became, you know, really lenient about immigrants coming over. Um, the opioid crisis? I'm not done. And so... <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say, why? She said, wait, that's more. Give we me became really lenient with them coming. And so um, a lot of drugs would, you know, come from Mexico. A lot of drugs and different things come from come from over there, um, and come from though, and come from in, prescription. Yeah. Like that's that's a big business issue. That's not no. A, that's not just prescription. That's not just prescription. I'm not saying only, but in the but biggest port huge, of entry, but the, but that the stuff people though. who were uh, yeah, the people who were um, dying of the overdoses and things like that, that wasn't from prescription. Yeah. That wasn't mainly from prescription. That came from. Um, a lot of uh, immigrants, they were bringing their businesses over here, drug businesses. They're bringing those over here too. We also a lot of times we talk about they come over here and they open up, you know, new business. Well, they bring in their their illegitimate businesses over here as well. One time I looked up the first, I think I was looking up like the first gang in America. It was the Italians that migrated over here. Hey, this is back in mob times, right? This, I'm just saying. This before that, it wasn't Americans. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, they bring a lot of their issues <laughs> mm -hmm. over here, and we suffer. We suffer for it. It's the president's obligation to protect the citizens. So if he sees an issue of a lot of a lot of issues coming over here, and the Americans, their families, their children are dying, overdosing, and they're seeing that, okay, some of that issue is coming from over here, then it's his responsibility to stop that. You can't just let that just, you can't just turn a blind eye to that. There's a lot of issues coming from people coming into the the country illegally. And he like needs, to, issues, he must do though? something about that. That's what I was talking like about. drug smuggling? Because we, yeah. I mean, we, that's always been a, a factor. Like, that's never not been an issue. I, I just wonder, I just wonder if the wall is built, which I don't think is going to be built, but if the wall I is built, if the wall is built, and when we look back at the promises or the, the rationale he communicated for building the wall, that's where I struggle. Just because like when you, when you look at the data, there are more drugs coming in through our airports, right? But there are a lot of airports. I get that. It's just a lot of airports. There's, there's one Mexican border. I, I get that. And there's a lot of drug manufacturers that generate. But if, if you're looking to stop these issues that he's communicated as being the primary rationale for the wall, I just wonder and disagree does the wall actually do that? Because like drugs come into this country. Yep, some do come through Mexico, but more come through airports. And enough come from our, our borders from the north with Canada. And so many come just across the, the water from China specifically with all the shipments of textiles and manufacturing yeah. goods. And like it doesn't it doesn't impact any of those. So I just like it, it. It makes me wonder, like, what's his rationale behind why it's too Mexico is it right? It's, it's narrow sighted to me, but is it to him? Is it low hanging fruit or like what's the rationale? Like that's what I, I'd love to know more because I don't believe the the speaky points we get now. Yeah, you know, we know all of those care. stats. So like when it comes to like rationale, it's just like I kind of see it as when there's like a, a big issue, you can't touch everything at the same time. So True. you have to start somewhere. True. So maybe he's starting at the Mexican border. True. And I think that's my point. It's like, tell me I mean, why so there. Why is that one important? And I get you. Like, I mean, unless you're going to put a bubble around us like Wakanda has, right? You can't stop it all. <laughs> so why is he starting there? 
Well, look, hey. um, we uh, have talked about a lot. I think it's been a great conversation. But as we talk about drugs, it reminds me, I've got to get to the pharmacy before nine or my wife will kill me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we, oh, yeah. we, we've been talking. It's been we good. Have, we have. So what I want to do to coach is we always give the mic over to our guest to just close us out, tell the people whatever is on your heart to tell them, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much. Absolutely. This is, I love it. For yeah. having me. Um, this was awesome. Let's do it again. Absolutely. Um, but you know what? I can't preach it enough. Just self-responsibility. Please go to a city council meeting. Please um, find out who your mayor is. Find out who your commissioners are, your state <laughs> representative. It hurts my heart that people don't know who their mayor is. <laughs> you know. Is. Educate, educate yourself. Right. I I tried to run for office so I could get out there and educate you because you didn't want to do it yourself. You didn't vote for me. So educate yourself on what you need to know so that when you get, if you own a house and and you get a a bill and um, it says that the property taxes is an extra $3,000, you know what you need to do, who you need to talk to, to fix that, that issue. That's, that's your local government. Um, take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for your own community, your own local government. The internet, th- this couldn't be a better time. You don't even have to go to the library. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You can go on Google and look all of these things up in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, that is the main thing that I want to, to tell people because the reason that I'm sitting here today, the reason that you, you found me, um, is because I educate mm-hmm. myself daily. And so that's just something that I just want to share with everyone else. Listen, right. if you, nobody is, is bigger than anybody. Some people just read more. That's it. And for once, just try it. Take 100% responsibility for your life and don't blame anybody for where you are and see what you can do. All I'm going to say people then is I actually agree with what Chance the Rapper said. Black people do not have to be Democratic. I'm not telling you to be Democrat. I'm not telling you to be Republican. I agree with what Takosha said. Go get yourself educated. Make that decision for yourself and then teach your community around you. With that, I got to go to the pharmacy. Peace.